0: Happy National Hot Tea Month, everyone! This is Ricardo, and here's the warm, comforting mug of offerings you can listen to in the Popping Collars feed in January 2022. The Popping Collars crew goes back for a refill of our favorite music videos this month. Did we miss your favorite last year? See if we give it a shout out this time around. Speaking of music, we have brewed up a new side project for 2022. Check out the first episode of the PC Music Diary, where one of the Popping Collar's hosts dives deep into a meaningful song. This month, Greg talks about Cherub Rock by The Smashing Pumpkins. Going on 30 is stirring things up again with a new set of movies for 2022. Betsy and Greg kick things off with the Coen brothers' Barton Fink. Dan Jocelyn Simotowski is sweetening things up for a new sacred six. He and Greg are talking about historic moments from the national pastime, Major League Baseball, through the lens of sacramental theology. They lead off with a conversation about the baptism of a new America when Jackie Robinson integrated the game. Finally, don't miss Tea Time with the PC Book Club this month. Liz and I share the New York Times top 10 of 2021 and our brand new recommendations for the year. Pull up a chair, grab a scone, and don't forget to keep those pinkies out and those collars pop. Turn it on, leave it on.
1: I want my MTV, you want your
2: MTV. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Turn it on Leave it on America, see the music you want to see I want my MTV All right
1: Welcome to Popping Collars, the podcast that lives at the intersection of religion and pop culture, longest-running Episcopal podcast in the multiverse. Yeah, Nice. It's 2022. We're still going. Eight years strong. Can't stop.
0: Won't stop
1: doing the show. I am your host. My name is Greg Knight. I am the Associate for Christian Formation at the Church of Bethesda-by-the-Sea. In Palm Beach, Florida, with me are the finest co-hosts the podcasting world has ever seen, starting with Betsy Carmody. Betsy, what's going on?
3: Break time here in the midst of who knows what the pandemic's doing and all that's that fun stuff, but I'm here at my remote studio location in Hillsboro, North Carolina at the home of my parents, Richard and Allison, ready to celebrate <laughs> some holidays.
1: I don't know if parents have ever been shouted out by name on the show before. And that's pretty. Man.
3: Actually. And I will say this, Greg, weird story over Thanksgiving. We stayed at a place outside Charlottesville, Virginia, because we had all never been there. So it was just my parents, and myself, my father's name, Carmody's in general. We do not run into Carmody's in other places. It's right. kind of a rare Irish name. Very confusing at check-in. We did not understand what was happening. They said we had two rooms. We had only reserved one. There was a second Richard Carmody <sighs> staying Ow. at the resort. Uh, yes.
1: <gasps> Come on. Yes. How does that happen?
3: That crazy. I'm shouting out Richard Carmody in Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> he he had checked in. They put us next to each other, assuming we're all related. And we got to meet him. It was great. Like it was it was the coolest thing.
1: Wow. And so, Liz Easton is also with us. In, in her uh, sweater that you've come to expect of Liz, even though this is an audio podcast and you can't see it.
2: Yeah, you guys can't see this. One. Hi, I'm Liz Easton. Um, I'm coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska, where I'm the canon to the ordinary in the Diocese of Nebraska. You can't see my sweater, but um, it's not fit for outside the house wear anymore. <laughs> Why? Um, What's wrong
3: with it? It looks fine. Who well, would know people are wearing sweatsuits everywhere, Liz? Why would anyone... True. Look at your sweater and feel like what you do.
2: It feels very like grunge kind of like you're from Seattle. I oh, yeah, am that's from okay. Seattle. It fits. It suits
0: me. Then homage. Um, what's that? It's it's an homage. It's an homage,
2: exactly, to my hometown. Um, you know, it's fine. I'm here in um season three of the pandemic. Season it's, three. Yeah. It's great. It's a very different twist this year. Yeah, a lot of redundancy. A lot of things are similar. Some um, some foreshadowing from the previous seasons of the pandemic are now coming to pass. The good news is we have vaccines. So that was a plot twist. Um, it came sooner than we expected. And I'm very grateful for my three vaccinations. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm fine.
1: <laughs> nice. Ricardo Avila is also with us. Hi, Ricardo. How are you? Hey,
0: Hey, Greg. Hi. I'm all right. I am the rector of St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Los Gatos, California. Between the recording of this podcast episode and your hearing of it, I will be doing something that I never get to do and that will benefit this podcast, I think. I am going to have a bit of a staycation. And so I've said to William... I said, I get to watch a lot of TV, and he put some parameters on that, of course. What are his parameters? Yes, sweetie, but you also have to take a nice long walk every day and get your rest. And we're doing morning prayer online each day, which we do. You should
2: write it off as a business expense.
1: That's
0: true.
2: Like, write off your streaming services as a business expense, even though we don't get paid to do this podcast, so...
1: Did I tell you guys we were offered like an advertising thing? And no, I turned it down. No. Did I tell you that? Okay, never mind. Wait, I want to be in an ad. I'm ready. Uh, to it, did, it didn't look like it I'm was ready right to for do us. ads. Yeah. No, we? we're we're not sellouts. Come on, it was something that didn't seem on brand for us.
0: And Christian, I, Christian
2: Mingle, yeah, Most Betsy people. and I can test out Christian Mingle. For Christian <laughs> you.
3: Mingle, we would be amazing spokespeople for Christian Mingle. Yeah.
0: Wait, that's like a dating app.
2: Yeah. 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 We can compare it against, like, Farmers Only and do, like, a compare and contrast. Farmers Only? It's a dating app for Farmers Only. I bet there's a lot of overlap between Christian Mingle and Farmers Only.
1: They'll pay us $25 to include an ad in our pod. No. Oh, no. No.
2: And and do a thing
1: I want, a, like, a gift bag. We're yeah, be- where's, sorry. The swag?
3: where's the swag? We're, oh, we're the bad. number
1: 11 podcast in Nepal. Like, what are $25? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's
3: everyone's $5 Starbucks gift card.
1: <laughs> okay, here we go. We've been doing this podcast for eight years.
3: Eight and years!
1: Feels like it. And never, never, ever Have we repeated a topic that we previously discussed? Until now, a year ago, we had a conversation about music videos that left so much on the table that we're going back for seconds. So no intro necessary. We're talking music videos. We're going right into picking our favorites, our most meaningful videos in our lives. Here we go to the bag. Can you hear that?
2: I do. A lot of clicking, clickety clackety. Oh, Good. He's working real hard. For
1: Theater of the mind, people. <laughs> uh, the bag has chosen Ricardo
0: to go first. <gasps> oh. Whoa. New year for the good bag. New year. Rico, number one. I have two videos in mind, but we're only going to choose one. But I, I can't decide which one to choose. All right, you know what? I'm not going to do Michael uh, George Michael's Freedom 90. I'm going <gasps> to do. Oh,
3: good! I just watched it in the car on the way home. Did you? Ever?
0: Oh, really? I'm going to do Katy Perry's Firework.
3: You just got to ignite the light.
0: to say when I first saw this video I was very touched by it and even this time I get a little teary-eyed um you know because I'm an idiot and a dork but uh firework to me those sparks are literally like the divine spark in us that is what I see when you see those vignettes of every different person um what they're doing is they're 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 letting their true self come out or they're letting their um what is what is divinity in them come out And I preached on this when I was in Boston in like 2011 or something. The thing about the Episcopal Church is when you try to preach on things like this in a church, first of all, they don't know who Katy Perry is. I think I said something like, as the theologian Katy Perry said, uh, like, who is that? They're like, huh? Yeah. like It's always been inside of you. And now it's time to let it through, you know? Mm -hmm. And I gave them the homework of watching the video. And they all dutifully did it. It was very cute. And I just think it's a really, it's a brilliant, in its own way, a brilliant depiction of the Holy Spirit in everyone. But it, you know, every person who the sparks start coming out of, with the exception of the pregnant woman in the hospital, are kids. They're young. I can imagine that any amount of, you know, scripture, sermon, et cetera, uh, for a 13 year old uh, will do less for that kid than watching this video and asking them what it means to them. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think that's why I chose it. I think it's, it's a, it's a pretty, you can look at it obviously in a secular way. Uh, It's just these kids, you know, being brave or something in situations, Mm -hmm. but I, I, I think it's the Holy spirit. I think it's the divine spark. And I, you know, I preach and I will preach to my dying day that the best in us is God When you are not manifesting the best in you, you're not letting God, well, shine through, as Katy Perry would say. I
2: love it. And I also love, and this is sort of relates to the Holy Spirit, too, Ricardo, that there's this connection among the people who are sparking. Like, as they're doing that, it inspires other people to do it. And then all of a sudden, you're seeing all these fireworks and this great
0: dance. Yeah. It's a beautiful um, (laughs) metaphor. I was going to say the thing about how they all gather, like you were saying, was they gather in that kind of square in Budapest. And, um, yeah, I, I do wonder if maybe they inspire each other and then suddenly they're gathering for this kind of dance with everyone sparking. And uh, there's a bit of a, a bit of a whiff of like revolution in that maybe, too. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I
1: love this video. And I want to preface what I'm about to say, because I'm going to talk about a different video. <laughs> but I do love this video. But, um, you know, I was thinking the way that you were talking about it in comparison to Freedom 90, which was the other one that you were thinking of which is a liberation song that George Michael's singing, you know, I mean, he's talking about freedom, right. And he's talking about kind of giving up this image that he had before the leather jacket, like he burns the leather jacket in the video. He blows up the guitar, you know, all of that stuff. But the whole time he's hiding behind these supermodels. Like he's not, he's not in the video. It's, it's just supermodels that are in the video. And so you contrast that with, you know, what Katy Perry here is doing here of like, show your light, be yourself on the alternative is George Michael sort of singing about freedom, but still sort of hiding.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that because, um, I wasn't, one of the reasons I didn't choose it is I wasn't sure what his, um, what he was trying to say. It's like, I want to be free. I want to be myself. You see me as this pretty boy. And then there are all these beautiful models singing those words. So is it like, is he being sly? Like I'm still buying into it Or are they seeing his lyrics because maybe they have that similar situation? There's more to them than skin deep beauty. And, you know, we all they all suffer from that having to not be themselves so as to be a persona. Nice. That's my pick. Good job, Ricardo. So nice to be done. I'm first. I'm done. I know.
1: Now all the pressure is off and you just get to comment on Liz's. Whoa. Whoa. It's just throwing
3: it around.
1: Liz, your token just jumped right out of my hand. Oh I'm so, so excited to go so excited. next.
2: So I, you know, I'm not um, a huge music video person. And for me, even talking about them is always really nostalgic because it, it, music videos were a big deal like when we were younger and so much of how you experience a song is experienced through the video that you watched so i tried to think i did this last time when i did a pearl jam video i tried to think of like what for me is iconic
0: that's me in the corner
2: So that's the classic music video for R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion. 1991. It was a really popular song for R.E.M. It was like their big breakout, probably the biggest single hit single that they ever had catapulted them into stardom. The filmmaker, I did a little research here, was a young filmmaker. He was still in art school and he would come up with a concept of a video and then wait for a song to come to him. So artists would say, hey, would you do our video? And he would listen to the song and he'd be like, no, I don't have an idea for that. Like, I don't have a pre-existing idea. Right. And for this song, he was really inspired by a short story by uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez called like The Man with Big Wings or something like that. It was about an mm-hmm. angel who fell to earth in a small village. He was inspired by the opening up at the Czech Republic. So you can see kind of these... Um, Um, communist themes in there and also by um, hindu religious art so that's all mixed in there you can see it and what you know it's not a song about religion it's a song about desire and a crush and the term losing my religion is like a southern idiom it's not he's not talking about faith but the filmmaker weaves in all of these elements of faith and it makes for just a really visually impactful video i saw an interview with michael stipe today where he said um that you know he sort of explained how like the song was not about religion it was whatever but that in the early 90s in parts of the world because they became such a global global sensation it was about religion And it was with the fall of the Soviet union and with the challenges that people were making to the church in like Ireland, for example, it became like a protest song. So it did have this completely other life where it became a different thing in different cultural conversation.
0: I don't think I've ever seen that video. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. When you said REM, I thought, Oh, she's going to play Everybody Hurts, mm-hmm. which I thought I should have picked that one because that's a, I think that's, that's a, a great video too. I've never seen this video. I've seen stills of it. And so I I, I I, thought it was about losing your religion. This is the first I've heard you, anyone say that it's not about religion. I thought it was when you said it wasn't about religion and you said it was a Southern uh, idiom. I thought it was going to mean losing my illusions, mm-hmm. basically like, with the communism thing with those communist workers and how you said it was really, uh, it came out after the fall of the wall, et cetera, and how people were losing that the scales were falling from their eyes or they were. And I mean, that to me feels meaningful in the video. So without knowing any of that subtext, when I see this video for the very first time, I see a lot of Caravaggio in it Mm -hmm. uh, that those stills with like the fallen person and uh, the angels with the wings and the son of the, the, the androgynous kind of boyish hooty or angels. And the, the other thing is St. Sebastian is in there somewhere too, isn't there? Somebody mm-hmm. with arrows. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty sexualized, but you know, I mean, it's sensualized at least, but that's what those depictions are. Mm-hmm. in Art, you see, what's his name? Pasolini, he had like a movie or something called St. Sebastian and it was all very like, you know, having, and homoerotic, mm-hmm. you know, having those arrows piercing your body. Young male, naked man, kind of thing. So all of that is what I saw, and I don't know what it all what it all adds up to. But I I guess I'd say that if I had to make a guess, an uneducated guess, it would be that Michael Stipe is doing all these things, including saying, "You know, I want to own my identity. There are these things that keep me from it, so I express it in these ways through art."
2: One of the things that Michael Stipe says, which I've never heard anyone say, and I really respected it, he talks about like the day after the music video like exploded, he was walking down Fifth Avenue in New York and every single person he passed recognized him. (gasps) And Mm -hmm. he was like, I literally became famous overnight. And then he says in this really sweet way, he's like, and I didn't mind that. I like being famous.
3: I mean, power of the music video at that time. Of of a time, and I don't know whether we put that on from the beginning of MTV to kind of the end of the TRL time.
1: Kind of like Ricardo was talking about with Firework, this idea of like embracing who you are and your art, and this is still you, even though it feels like you're on Mars. It's you know, it's still who you are as a person, and like kind of especially
3: if you're if you're portraying something that is not. We think about all the other what what being a male rock star pop star looked like around Michael Stipe and Ariana. like all the other things, was, especially when you're putting something out there that is different, that has been hard to market. I mean, they worked their asses off for years prior to this
2: video. Yeah, they tou- they toured for 10 years straight.
3: 10 like, like years. And, like, and so to then have, you know, and a company is probably saying, we don't know what to do with you. We don't know what to do with you. We don't know what to do. With you. What to do. What's then, this
0: mandolin? The music of R.E.M. strikes me as... Uh, ambivalent there's like an ambivalence in their music like you don't exactly know what's going on there's like it's just out of your consciousness especially you know early on right it was like pretty mumbling music you didn't understand what was being said but it just really it was so beautiful and i almost think like even after you understood the lyrics it was pretty and you didn't quite understand but it was very evocative and it was very um catchy like it's hard to pigeonhole you all were saying you know how are we going to sell these guys they are playing a mandolin and yet it was kind of perfect in its own way
1: okay the bag has chosen me and um the video that i have chosen is a very simple video it is miss alanis morissette
3: i had no choice but to hear you you in your case Time and again I thought about it You treat me like I'm a princess I'm not used to like almost did, Alanis! <laughs> oh, you did Head Over Feet.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: did you all watch the doc on her? Yes, that's why I almost uh, did this. I'm super sad that uh, Jagged Little pills closed on Broadway.
1: And it's, it's a super simple video. It's just one camera stuck in one place uh, with a real tight shot of her face. It, for me, it was between this video and another video that's a little similar to it, which was uh, Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You. Right, Which does kind of a similar thing, but Mm -hmm. uh, actually leaves sort of that tight shot. And the thing that Head of Her Feet does is that it just stays with Atlantis the whole time. And sometimes she lip syncs the lyrics and sometimes she just kind of stares off into space and sometimes she's... Um, talking about something else, you know, while the song is playing. And it just it really captures a lot of kind of what it feels like to listen to music, you know, how your brain just kind of drifts through different things. And sometimes you'll sing along and sometimes you'll start thinking about something. And But what this video and Nothing Compares to You does really well is something that we talk a lot about on this podcast. But And it's but it's something that I know that I struggle with in my own sort of personal spiritual life. And that's vulnerability. Mm. Um, The thing that stands out about this video is that it's just Alanis; It's just her face um, right in the camera. And the thing that always blows my mind whenever I think about Jagged Little Pill and all of these songs, because this is like her fifth video by this point, you know, just coming off of this one album kind of the pressure that came with sort of being this spokesperson for feminism of 1996 and what it looks like for young women at that time and stuff like that. She's really sort of embodying a lot of things in the moment of sort of pop culture. And so how does she sort of handle that? She just kind of puts herself like right in front of the camera. I think that is really vulnerable. And as someone who Uh, like we talked about kind of with George Michael, I would probably be the person hiding behind um, other people because I would be terrified about putting my face in front of the camera or, you know, putting like anything kind of out there. It always stands out to me. I'm always, it always makes me uh, smile. When I see this video, it always makes me, um, it, it always moves me. And just to touch on nothing compares to you again, just really quickly. Because I've referenced it a couple of times. Speaking of bravery and vulnerability, Sinead O'Connor said things in her time that have proven to be true about a lot of the institutions that we kind of held on pedestals back in the early 90s. She spoke out for church abuse victims. Um, She spoke out about her treatment uh, by male artists uh, in the early 90s, including Prince, and was ridiculed and ignored. So, yeah, so I, head over feet for the vulnerability and because it makes me think of um, the struggles and hard work of young women in the music industry in the 90s. So,
3: Well, this video is not done as a, oh, I'm just going to do this by a lot more. I mean, if you if you if you watched the Music Box documentary HBO, Jagged Little, is it just called Jagged? It's just
1: right. Jagged. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, but talking about the music factory that Alanis her, Morissette herself came out of as a as a pop star from Canada, big hair, dance moves, all of that to kind of come to the US eventually after herself being victimized by the music industry, a victimization that she couldn't even come to really kind of recognize and talk about until much later, to do to to strip all of that away, like REM putting out a different image and what is out there and knowing that with that will come connection from fans mm-hmm. and people being like oh my gosh I, yeah I feel seen too and there will come become ridicule and, you know and, well she was made by a man and like all of that sort of stuff that also comes
2: watching that video I, it has to have been an homage in a sense to the Sinead O'Connor
1: video. It kind of feels like it in some ways. And, you know, the Sinead video is sort of famous for the tear roll, you know, Mm -hmm. when it's tight on her face at that point. And Alanis is kind of doing something a little bit different, but yeah, it's that tight, tight shot on the face. And that's, it does sort of feel like an homage.
2: Yeah. I was in, I watched that um, documentary also and was struck. I loved that album when I was like in junior high, it was very important to me. Um, And I didn't know a lot of the significance of it, but I was really struck and sad and should not have been surprised to learn about how exploited and taken advantage of Alanis Morissette was and that her career and that album was really her. It was an opportunity for her to sort of have some control, but also she didn't get that and um, was just kind of beaten up and, it's a, it is interesting to sort of think of that story alongside Sinead O'Connor's story, similar.
0: Well, as always, you three are much more pop culturally intelligent than I am. I don't even know what you're talking about with some documentary about her. But um, so I'll just go with what I saw.
2: You can watch the documentary on your staycation.
0: I can. It's called Jagged. But I will say, again, this is the first time I've seen that video. And I don't know that I've actually ever seen any of her videos. However, I know Jagged Little Pill really well because I listened to it a lot when it came out. And this song for me was sort of the one you kind of just listen through to get to the other stuff. And and but she's still really young, right? And Jagged Little Pill, she's like really, really young, twenty-one, really young, really young. Um, but. It, it, the image, Liz, you said it, the image I had of her was like this, you're not going to treat me this way. And I'm like, you ought to know, you know, uh, it's not. Uh, I'm here to tell you uh, to, to remind you yourself, of the mess I you left
3: when you went away.
0: <laughs> it's not fair to deny me of the cross I bear, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So she's like, like this angry. So it's so interesting to see this video. It's what you were saying. Like, she's just. of open-hearted and vulnerable and it's like it's almost like a date where you're giggling and just kind of having a sweet day where there's not these emotional crazy highs or lows um so it's it's kind of anomalous to me from what my image of her is there's some something so authentic about her in the video you know there's a moment when she just kind of does this little cute this sweet smile where she just like and it's part of me was like is this acting or is this genuine and if it's acting, she's fantastic. And if it's genuine, she's fantastic, but in a different way. I'd like to think it's genuine. It's funny, Ricardo, because I don't
1: I don't know that I've actually really thought about the lyrics in connection to the visuals. Like I, I, it's, it's just, it's all about the raw visual of it, I think for me. And when you were talking about authenticity, I think that's it, right? Like it's that, it, it, you know, is it real? Is it performance? Who cares? It feels authentic. And as someone who spends a lot of their time afraid, it feels brave. It really draws out that part of you that's like, no, yeah, that's what we're actually called to. Authenticity, relationship, human connection, all of that stuff. Like don't hide that stuff. Don't bury that stuff. Like
0: draw that stuff out like a firework. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, so there's sort of a theme with these three videos so far of that kind of having, I don't know how losing my religion works. Betsy will probably ruin it. So let me just say this now. Uh, (laughs) That's just that that authenticity, that being your true self, the, the, the letting it shine through, the losing my religion. Again, I don't know exactly what it's about, but what I read in it is, you know, someone struggling to have some authenticity when other things are imposed upon them. Is that right, Liz? Yeah,
2: I've said too much. I haven't said enough. I've never heard Michael Stipe say this. And I am a straight person, so I've never had to come out. But to me, a lot of those lyrics sound like the struggle to come out and um, to be yourself, especially in relationship to someone that you have a crush on. And yeah, so I, I think that he's struggling with authenticity in a similar way.
0: Right, right. Exactly. Greg, maybe this podcast is your fireworks. I, uh, the scenes, but there's, is it,
2: is it my turn
3: now? Is I'll, it my turn I'll now? sit with that image.
0: I'll, uh, I'll sit with that image
1: and, uh, pass the mic over to Betsy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Nepal. excited. Nepal, all right. My sister and I talked all about this all day. Like, what are, what are you going to talk about? We talked about, we did like the whole like music videos, you know, we talked about it from, the video killed the radio star, like, you know, how are things now? Like, my sister really loved lemonade and, you know, those sorts of things. So, like, just the way video expression has kind of changed over time. But we kind of settled on this one, and I hadn't watched this video in a really long time. And so then I was like, oh, I think I want to talk about this video. So I've done, done a little research, <laughs> done a little digging. So this is Missy Misdemeanor Elliot. This is The Rain. Super duper fly.
1: I can't It's my window I can't stand the It's my
3: window I, I can't stand the rain It's my window Beep, beep Who got the keys to the Jeep? Vroom.
0: I'm driving
1: to the beach Top down, loud sound See my peace Give them pounds. Now look who it be. It'd be me, me, me and Timothy.
3: Look like so this is like, Missy, Melissa, Misdemeanor Elliott's oh, premiere oh, album. She has been a producer for a sister and for other groups kind of leading up to this. She and Timbaland have worked together. She said, our styles are entwined. You might not be able to separate them. And this is her debut album. And Goes with Hype Williams, a you know classic 1990s video director. A lot of the tropes in here are kind of his, the fisheye lens and all of those sorts of things. The herky jerky movements, which kind of get incorporated into videos after this. Like my sister brought up a Destiny's Child video that comes up after this. That's all of that stuff. And I went with this because I was so interested in kind of where she was in that moment and how she chose to. Portray herself, how she chose to kind of have other people come in and kind of guest, not on the song, but just in the video, uh, to kind of it's that here I'm launching myself into this next thing, this new thing. I'm not just a producer; I'm am t- the talent too, and all of that I've just found super interesting. And I think also as a as a woman in in the music industry in general, in the hip hop industry in general, um, and not a woman who was small and tiny like a lot of the other women who were who were involved in the industry at that time she kind of took her size took the way her body was i mean put herself inside what what many of the websites like to call the trash bag outfit right like the black inflatable shiny and almost accentuate made herself larger mm-hmm. which i find all of that and there's a real power in all of those movements and kind of how she's able to talk about her body talk about herself in a in an intimate sense and in a sexual sense well and have all of that be a part of a very graphic and interesting music video to me uh that this is one of hype's best it's one that most a lot of people talk about when they talk about great videos and that she is it's interesting as a song though like i played other missy elliott songs for my 14 year old and then she's like oh i know that one i know that one but she didn't know this one um it has that wonderful um and people's uh, from 1973 sample you know I can't stand the rain and uh, I, just, I just thought it was really graphic and interesting and I know it doesn't I don't know if it ties into the theme at all I'll let you all try to figure that out but um, but I really it was like it, I watched it again today and it gave, gave, me, gave me great joy like that moment too like where she's sitting on top of the hill in this very kind of day glow colored to me I'm like oh what are we in a blind melon video like where are we like it was all the 1990s alternate with her bangs and her thing like suddenly she's doing this whole other character.
1: The big eyes um, look like a black hole sun from Soundgarden mm-hmm. when it like mm-hmm. pops up like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that's 1996. It, it really holds up as a
2: song. It really holds up as a video. It's very um, of the moment, but as a song, I feel like you could hear that on the radio now.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like It's
2: great. And I love, I had never thought about this until you said it, Betsy, because that, um, the outfit that she's wearing in kind of the wind tunnel aspect yeah. of it is so iconic mm-hmm. and it does make her bigger. And so, and I can imagine that as a bigger woman, let's say as an average sized woman, she was probably constantly being told to make herself yeah, yeah. smaller. And Absolutely. I love that she chose this like super high fashion way of ma- of bringing attention
0: to her body so Betsy, you were, you were saying you talked with your sister for a long time about this all day. What, how did all that lead to this video?
3: I had, it was and all the ones we talked about. I could picture all the videos like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, that one. And I could picture parts of this video, but I couldn't picture all of it. And I hadn't watched the whole thing in a long time. When I started watching it, I'm like, oh, actually, I have some thoughts about this. I have some things that, that really resonate with me now, you know, that I had not thought about in a really long time. You know, I think I, I had been also been thinking about Missy Elliott, thinking about that we're coming up, I think we're coming up on the University of Aaliyah's death. I think we're talking about, it's, it's almost 20 years. So I just watched something about that. And um,
2: or did you listen to the My Favorite Murder podcast about it?
3: Maybe I did. Maybe that was it. That was it. Yes. Thank you. Shout out to that pod. But yeah, I think it was this and that Hype had been doing that video, Rock the Boat, you know, the video they were filming down the Caribbean and just kind of that relationship, that creative relationship around Missy and Hype and Aaliyah and other artists. And because I always find there's just that when we talk about music and I think particularly when we're talking about hip hop, we're talking about family and we're talking about the connections the family trees that, that birth different artists and the people that you choose and pick in your life. That same uh, series of, of music documentaries, there's one on DMX that's really amazing as well. And just how we're talking about who is the family that we pick and that we create with and that we enjoy. And I think Misty to me has always felt like a joyful creator. And I don't know whether that's what's true. But there's an ebullience in this video. There's a there's a real positive thing to it that that I just that is just about the musicality itself, and that she doesn't shy away from talking about what she desires, what she wants and all of her music, and and I love that about her, uh, and that she's you know ride or die with her friends.
0: <laughs> I'm three for three. I've never <laughs> seen this video. You know, I think this is where our age difference gap happens uh, right here, because you all talk about the 90s, and I was kind of, videos and all that and music for me, I hit a wall in about 93, and then I hit an even bigger wall in 2005 or 6 or 7 because of seminary, and that was pretty much it for me with being cool. So, um, the only thing I know of Missy Elliott's uh, off the top of my head is Get Your Freak On,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: which I love. Uh <laughs>
3: Timeless, timeless. I played that video for my 14, and she was like, "Oh, I know that song." Nice, like, okay. uh, great,
0: nice. But this video is so stylish. It's it's a mood, you know. So Firework has you know this whole. There's this message. There's this this and it's that, and you know we talk about all the other three videos. You're right. This one feels very different, but there is joy in it too. The way I felt with Alanis Morissette and Firework. Not so much losing my religion, but. Um, <laughs> There's a joy and a sort of a devil may care. I, I love that trash bag billowy thing. I, I had that thing. You were, I, I didn't I don't know anything about her or her size or whatever, but um I love that it sort of it distorts her. It's like what's real here, what's not, but it's fun, it's fun house and the colors of her on the hill. It was so cool. It's a really it's a wonderful video. I, yeah. this is, our, I'm like your guys' audience. I'm like the, the ideal audience. I've never seen the video. I'm going to go check it. This is it. awesome.
3: Yeah, she did a video. She, she did an interview with Elle Magazine in 2017 to the 20th anniversary of the video. And she said, and the way they refer to the suit, I love it. It's um her puffy black trash bag marshmallow suit. Right. Um, The boldest fashion statement in music video history. But she said to me, the outfit was a way to mask my shyness behind all the chaos of the look. Although I am shy, I was never afraid to be a provocative woman. The outfit was a symbol of power. I love the idea of being like a hip hop Michelin woman. I knew I could have on a blow up suit and still have people talking. It was bold and different. I've always seen myself as an innovator and a creative unlike any
1: other. That's what I think comes through in the video, really. Like, it's an art piece. Like, Mm -hmm. all of this, the headgear that she's wearing, the settings, like, it feels very artistic, right? And the thing that I love about Missy is that, I mean, she's a creator. Like, I mean, that's what she does. Like, she creates beats. She creates songs. She produces songs for Bad Boy, for, you know, all these... Other people for Aaliyah, for Nelly Furtado, like she she's the person behind the person most of the time. And it always makes me wonder, like, what are the what are the songs like? What is it that gets into a Missy Elliott or Bruno Mars or somebody like that and makes them come out from behind, like come out of the recording booth and into the studio to make. That that thing, because mm-hmm. like that's what really gets them energized and jazzed as musicians and stuff. Well,
3: it was interesting um, to compare to the Alanis Morissette, the moments when she was most looked like herself, when she was in the white, right? There was no glasses, there's no whatever. She didn't always sing the lyrics. Like she would start and then she'd stop, and then it would be like, and it was a little bit like that head over feet. I was like, oh, like I hadn't hadn't kind of thought
1: about that before. That's it. I'm wrapping it up. We've been oh, talking she was music actually, videos. Who hears
3: the connector? 2015. She performed at the Super Bowl halftime show with Katy Perry.
2: That's right. There I remember that performance. <laughs> it was really good. When she there came out, didn't something else happen at that Super Bowl? Like Missy kind of left Shark. Me.
1: That was left this Shark. Was left that yeah. was
2: left Shark. Yeah. When she walked out, it it was like I, I didn't know she was going to be on, and it was yeah. amazing. It was huge. Nice. Nice.
1: Tied it all up with a bow. Good job, everybody. love talking music videos. It's one of our most popular episodes from last year. I think this will be one of our most popular episodes this year. We'll see how it goes. So thank you all for talking music videos. Let's put a bow on this episode by saying you can find Popping Collars on the web at poppingcollarspodcast.com here in this new year. You can subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast app uh, so that you don't miss an episode. Finally, you can find our show on EpiscopalCafe.com. We love Episcopal Cafe. we love EpiscopalCafe.com and we know you will as well. Check them out for all your Episcopal news needs and beyond. And with that, that is popping collars for this time. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Ricardo. We'll see you next time and keep
3: those collars popped.
0: Pop. pop, pop. Yeah. I want to watch videos now all night long. I know. Oh.